Hello and welcome to Afroqueer. I'm Ida Holly Nambi. During the current pandemic, many of us have been turning to film, TV shows, and literature to find community. Here at Afroqueer, we've been thinking a lot about stories that have inspired us. Stories that seemingly come out of nowhere and fill you with courage. And we want to share one of those stories with you today. In 2011, the Kenyan author Binyavanga Wainaina published his memoir, One Day I Will Write About This Place. It's a book about growing up middle class in East Africa, studying in South Africa, and becoming a writer. But three years later, he wrote that there was something big he'd left out of the book, out of the story of his life. He released a short story saying it was the lost chapter of his memoir. When this story was first published in 2014, East Africa was seeing unprecedented state-sponsored homophobia, with Uganda on the brink of passing a notorious anti-gay bill in its parliament. Binyavanga's short story was the first time a high-profile Kenyan celebrity had come out, and the impact of this publication resonated across borders. The story is called, I'm a Homosexual Mom. This is not the right version of events. Hey, Mom. I was putting my head on her shoulder the last afternoon before she died. She was lying on a hospital bed, Kenyatta, intensive care, critical care. Because this time I will not be away in South Africa fucking things up in that chaotic way of mine. I will arrive on time and be there when she dies. My heart arrives on time. I'm holding my dying mother's hand. I'm lifting her hand. Her hand will be swollen with diabetes. Her organs are failing. Hey, mom. Oh. My mind sighs. My heart... I'm whispering in her ear. She's awake, listening. Soft, calm, loving, with my head right inside her, in her birth space. She's so big, my mother. In this world, near the next world, each breath slow but steady as it should be. She can carry everything. I will whisper, louder in my mind's breath to hers. She will listen, even if she doesn't hear. Can she? Mom? I will say. Mom? I will say. It grew so easy. A breath, a noise out of my mouth, mixed up with her breath. And she exhales. (sighs) My heart gasps sharp and now my mind screams. Sharp. So, so hurt. So, so angry. I have never thrown my heart at you, mum. You have never asked me to. Only 
my mind says. This, not my mouth. But surely, the jack of my breath and heart there next to hers has been registered. Is she letting me in? Nobody, nobody ever in my life has had this. Never, mum. I did not trust you, mum. And I. Pulled air hard, pulled it down into my navel, and let it out slow and firm, clean and without bumps out of my mouth, loud and clear over shoulder into her ear. I am a homosexual mum. July 2000. This is the right version of events. I am living in South Africa without having seen my mother for five years, even though she's sick because I'm afraid and ashamed. I'm hurricaning to move my life so I can see her. But she's in Nakuru, collapsing, and they'll be rushing her kidneys to Kenyatta Hospital in Nairobi, where there will be a dialysis machine and a tropical storm of experts awaiting her. Relatives will rush to see her, and organs will collapse, and machines will kick into action. I'm rushing, winding up everything to leave South Africa. It'll take two more days for me to leave, to fly out. And in the morning of 11th July 2000, my uncle calls me to ask if I am sitting down. She's gone, Ken. I will call my Auntie Grace in that family gathering nanosecond to find a way to cry urgently inside Baba but they say he's crying and thundering and lightning in his 505 car around Nairobi because his wife is dead and nobody can find him for hours. Three days ago, he told me it was too late to come to see her. He told me not to risk losing my ability to return to South Africa by coming home for the funeral. I should not be traveling carelessly in that artist way of mine without papers. Kenneth! He frowns on the phone. I cannot risk illegal deportation, he says, and losing everything. But it is my mother. I am 29. It is the 11th of July, 2000. I, Binyavanga Wainaina, quite honestly swear I have known I am a homosexual since I was five. I have never touched a man sexually. I have slept with three women in my life. One woman successfully only once with her it was amazing but the next day i was not able to it will take me five years after my mother's death to find a man who will give me a massage and some brief paid for love in earl's court london and i'll be freed until my best friend who will surprise me by understanding without understanding i will tell them what i did but not tell him i am gay I cannot say the word gay until I am 39, four years after that brief massage encounter. Today, 
It is the 18th of January 2013 and I am 43. Anyway, it will not be a hurricane of diabetes that kills mom inside Kenyatta Hospital Critical Care before I have taken four steps to get on a plane to sit by her side. Somebody. Nurse? We'll leave a small window open the night before she dies in the July Kenyatta Hospital cold. It is my birthday today, 18th January 2013. Two years ago, on the 11th July 2011, my father had a massive stroke and was brain dead in minutes. Exactly 11 years to the day my mother died. His heart beat for four days, but there was nothing to tell him. I am five years old. He stood there in overalls. Awkward, his chest a railway track of sweaty bumps and little hard beads of hair. Everything about him is smooth, slow. Bits of brown on a cracked tooth, that endless, long smile. A good thing for me, the slow way he moves, because I am transparent to people's patterns and can trip so easily and fall into snarls and fear with jerky people. A long, easy smile. He lifts me in the air and swings. He smells of diesel and the world of all other people's movements has disappeared. I'm away from everybody for the first time in my life and it is glorious. And then it is a tunnel of fear. There are no creeks in him. Like a tractor, he will climb any hill steadily. If he walks away now with me, I will go with him forever. I know if he puts me down, my legs will not move again. I am so ashamed. I stop myself from clinging. I jump away from him and avoid him forever. For 20-something years, I even hug men awkwardly. There will be this feeling again, stronger, firmer now, aged maybe seven. Once with another slow, easy golfer at Nakuru Golf Club. And I'm shaking because he shook my hand. Then I am crying alone in the toilet because the repeat of this feeling has made me suddenly ripped apart and, and lonely. The feeling is not sexual. It is certain. It is overwhelming. It wants to make a home. It comes every few months like a bout of malaria and leaves me shaken for days and confused for months. I do nothing about it. I am five when I close myself into a vague happiness that asks for nothing much from anybody. Absent-minded. Sweet. I am grateful for all love. I give it more than I receive it. Often, I can be selfish. I masturbate a lot and never allow myself to crack and grow my heart. I touch no men. I read books. I love my dad so much. My heart is learning to stretch. I am a homosexual.
Binyavanga Wainaina passed away in May 2019. This rendition of I Am a Homosexual Mom was read by Kevin Wachiro. Kevin Wachiro is a queer activist, a journalist, and a podcaster. He was also a friend of the late author. I caught up with Kevin to find out more about the impact Binyavanga's story had when it was first published. Binyavanga Wainaina was a, a Kenyan queer man. Um, he was a thinker. He was an eccentric. He was a very brave man because he took a stance on so many issues that may have uh, rubbed people the wrong way. He was true to himself. Yeah, and, 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 and Binya was something that Kenya needed to see, to have, to experience. Binya was a character, I wouldn't deny that. And some people, he was, an, he was a character. But there was a kindness to him that I experienced personally. How did you guys meet? It goes back to 2006. I had just come back to Kenya from the UK and I stumbled across um, a book that he and others founded, um, Kwani. After I read Kwani, I, I knew I will, so I will survive Kenya. He was going to live in Kenya as an openly gay man. So I knew it was going to be tough. But the moment I read Kwani, I knew that there was a space for other free thinkers, other eccentrics, other queer men. So I approached the, the, the folks at Kwani and told them, you know, can I have permission to just create a documentary for you, just to talk about my own journey and just to say thank you for making me feel that I'll be okay, you know, being in Kenya. I asked to interview Binyavanga and he said yes. And there was an evening at a little um, cafe in Westlands and it was mind-blowing just uh, being able to, to sit at his feet there was so much hype around Kwani, you know? And this was 2006 where you could dream wildly for Kenya. And there was something in the air back then, Ida. You have no idea. I was happy to be back home and I was happy to, to be in that space at that time. And interviewing Binya was, was fantastic. It was fantastic. And just to learn about him and, and the thoughts he had for for the literary space was was amazing. Yeah, so that was the first time. And then we met and then we kept on meeting one another. And then we just started meeting in literary events across the city. So your book came out, you know, around the same time as Binyavanga's last chapter. And what was that like? The title of the book is Invisible, um, Queer Stories from Kenya. Um, was published in 2014 by the Guta Institute in Nairobi. And it's just a collection of um, stories from various individuals, coming out stories from various individuals in Kenya. I, I think Kenya was scared because Binya had just come out and then he re- released his lost chapter. And then I think it was almost a month later, Invisible was launched. And guys like, oh my God, is Kenya turning queer? You know, <laughs> that was, it was just really interesting. And the lost chapter came. And then it just went viral right across the world. I was really proud. I was really proud because we needed a high-profile queer person in Kenya. And Binya was that. The community in Kenya needed someone like Binya to say, we're here, I am part of this, I am proud of it. It validated our existence as, as queer Kenyans. Um, and for me, that was, that was important. It felt good. It felt good. It added to the space. And for all the naysayers who say that homosexuality back then, you know, was an African 
we were we were with the proof that that we are as African as it can get. Amazing. Um, well, thank you so much, Kevin, for sharing your story of your history with Vinya and your journey, and also for your fantastic reading of Vinya's story. Kevin's reading of Binyavanga Wainaina's short story was first broadcast on Kevin's podcast, Nipe's Story. Nipe's Story is a bi-weekly podcast where Kevin gives voice to short story fiction from Kenya and around the continent, telling stories that need to be heard. Afroqueer is produced by me, Ida Holinambi, Selly Chum and Mae Francis. Amelie Bertoliengo is our associate producer. Rachel Wamoto is our social media manager and Tevin Sudi is our audio editor. Our theme song is Power by Maya and the Big Sky. Afroqueer is supported by Google and PRX, as well as the Wellspring Philanthropic Fund, the Ford Foundation, and the Dune Foundation. You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. We are on Twitter at AfroqueerPod, and you can listen to all our episodes on our website, www.afroqueerpodcast.com, or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Ida Holly Nambi. See you in two weeks for more stories from Queer Africa. Bawani